Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm speaking with Waleed Shah. He's a photographer based in the UAE, well-known for launching the powerful Rock Your Ugly campaign which changed the way many people in the UAE look at their flaws and not just those that he photographed. Waleed and I spoke about job loss, curiosity, personal body image, grief, and about not having all the answers or even any of them. Hi, Waleed. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing, Ed? I'm good. Uh, I heard all about you. You you were at the Live Healthy Festival we had the first year, I think. I had heard all about That's you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you did a campaign. You did a Maujud campaign. And we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah. I came and you took some photos of me. And I, I love them more than anything. I think you just, well, anyway, we'll talk all about it. But I just want to know, first of all, <laughs> You, yeah. yeah, like you're an unbelievable photographer. Um, Thank you. You, but you weren't a photographer. That's not what you did originally. No. How did you get no, there? No, I was a chemical, I was a chemical engineer uh, initially. But, you know, I, I, I grew up in Abu Dhabi and I, um, music was, was, was a big part of my life as well. So I had a band growing up in high school and we decided that as a band, we're going to, apply to all these different schools in Canada. We were all, you know, going to Canada and whichever school accepted all of us, we're going to that one so we can remain a band together. You know what I mean? So we did that. We went to U of T. Uh, we all started different things. I started chemical engineering. Um, you know, we, we, we knew music wasn't going to be a, sort of a career. Um, so we all, you know, we were, we were pretty, I guess, you know, we, we knew what the real world looked like initially you know so we're like let's let's get let's get real real jobs and real degrees and and you know it wasn't a time where in the middle east at least you know music and art was like uh, a thing you can you can pursue full time so we're like all right let's let's all do our, our our different things and just you know do the band thing on the side so we did that and you know we all graduated um one of my one of my best friends but decided actually no music is my thing. I wanted to be music, so he went to LA and, and studied uh, uh, audio engineering and and you know started his own band over there and everything. But uh, me and me and a couple other guys we came back and you know started working in the oil fields. Um, you know I, I was flying around to like places like Yemen and Basra and you know the North Sea in Scotland and all all these you know weird places. Uh, going to work in a helicopter that kind of uh, that kind of lifestyle you know it was exciting as as a, as a as a young adult and um around about 20 2012 maybe uh you know my uh, my my best friend who was a a audio engineer in LA just also wasn't having a good time in um in his life so he came down for my wedding actually in 2012 and we uh, convinced him to stay and we ended up uh, starting a recording studio called White Cube Studios. We just started jamming again and we're like, all right, there's not really anywhere we can play. 
uh, let's let's start a movement. And we started a recording studio called White Cube Studios. It grew into this like whole big like you know events and artist management and you know and 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 that's where I started to learn photography. I had a camera, and it was a bit before Instagram. It was like when Facebook was was a thing, you know. And uh, I'd shoot people coming in and out of the studio just randomly, you know, if you're coming to jam, if you come to record. Um, and then people started to like these photos. They're like, hey, can we use this photo for this poster or something? So, you know, being a side hustle, uh, this, this white cube thing, and we also had our day jobs, being a side hustle, we were trying to make money however we could for this company, you know. So when somebody was like, hey, can we use this photo for a poster? I'd be like, uh, sure. Uh, 20 dirhams you know <laughs> we're, we're we're a business right so like you you gotta buy something mm-hmm. so um people started to like the photos uh more than coming into the studio to record so we started up a whole like photography video section of the business and that's where i really really like started to, to, to hone in my skills and we got more jobs and events and all that stuff and then um you know it it, it the company that the movement got a bit too big for us to do with our day jobs and uh my friends decided they want to focus on their careers so we shut that down but i really liked photography so i i kept shooting now under my own name walid shah um still keeping my my day job as well so 2016 2017 came around and the oil price crashed and uh, me along with uh, another 4,000 people globally in my company got laid off over a conference call <laughs> you know and it was that day sort of i'm like you know what man i think i'm, I'm i've got this photography thing down you know uh, let me let me let me just let me just go full steam with the photography thing i'm not looking for another job yeah. um you know that, that's all i'm gonna be doing and that's 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 kind of where it, it took off you know and i started doing you know more brand campaigns and and, and more serious stuff do you think if you hadn't lost your job what, what would do you think would have happened uh, I think I think I would have probably still tried to juggle both. Um, honestly, that like I'd wanted to leave for like a, a good two years, but the money was just good, you know, oil money. It, it was just good money, and I had a setup where uh, you know I, I was in Abu Dhabi and my my boss was in Dubai. I didn't really have to be in the office. I was a you know I, I was either in the field or on sales calls around town, so I could really be anywhere, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would have tried to still juggle it. Uh, I probably would have been in the, in, in the sort of the, the, the campaign side of things. I'll probably still be in the event side of things just because, you know, events happen sometimes in the evening and I could do it after work, you know? Okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, so you got a lot of attention initially for the rock your ugly campaign, but I think that started with a photo that you posted, right? Um, yes, correct. Yeah. So I, I was going through something. I, uh, I, in 20, I think 2009, 2010, I, I hurt my back. I, I used to be a bodybuilder. I was one of, one of these guys that, that couldn't reach around because, you know, because of all the muscle. Uh, I, I, was, I was that guy. Uh, and I hurt my back working out. I, I have a herniated disc now. And because of that, I, I couldn't work out anymore. I couldn't lift weights. I couldn't do any sports. I couldn't run. Um, so I kind of gave up on the physical side of things and I got, I got bigger. I started eating. I, I just got big. And one day at the, at, at in January 6th. So just after people do their new year's resolutions, right. 
So I was seeing everybody like do their resolutions and, you know, I'm going to work out and I'm going to do this and I'm get fit and stuff. And I was just like, man, I, I, I cannot do this right now. You know, I cannot see this. I can't do this to myself. So I got up in the morning. It was like six, seven in the morning and, uh, you know, nice light coming through the door. And uh, I just set up my camera and I held my belly and I, and I, and I took an image. I, I put it up online on, on Instagram and I said something like, this is my body right now. And, uh, you know, so this, 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 and that happened to me. The story I just told you, I was a sportsman. I was this and that. And, and to be honest with you, I, I, I'm not in the right headspace to do anything about it right now. Check back in next year. Let's see what happens. Mm. So people really resonated with that. Like, like my Instagram kind of blew up, you know, uh, like, you know, we feel you, this is, you know, this is how we feel as well. And all that stuff. Like, oh, hold on a second. People feel the same way. Okay. Let's, uh, let's explore that a little bit. So I've kind of made a note on my, on my, on my phone to explore everybody else's like insecurities about their bodies and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't until uh, about two years later when my best friend, which I, you know, I had a band with, he studied in LA, the, 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 the music production. We started the company together. He passed away uh, and that hit me really, really hard. So, you know, after the funeral, we came back to the UAE and, um, you know, my, my friends and family were like, hey, just bury yourself and work for a while, you know, get your mind off things. And it was the summer, you know, the summer is here. There's not really much work going on. You know, it's nothing really happens in the summer. So I pulled up my phone and, and looked at all the projects I'd made notes about and honestly just chose a random one. And I landed on, on this one where we're exploring people's insecurities. And uh, I went with it. I started contacting people and, uh, you know, people responded to it a little bit. And, and you know, before, before I started to put anything out, I went to this, this one, you know, get together and uh, it was the first time I'd, I'd been out since my, my, my friend had passed. So everybody was, you know, giving me their condolences and everything. But uh, also in the same breath, it was like, hey, man, you know, we heard what you're doing with the, with the photography project. And it's really cool. We saw some images and, you know, I hadn't put anything out. They were just being shared like among right. friends, you know. And that's kind of when I realized I was kind of onto something. And, uh, you know, once I started to put things out more and more people started to reach out to me to be on this project it didn't have a name yet i i, I didn't know what it was called okay you know it was just you know it had it had content and context and uh rock your ugly the name came through one of my conversations with somebody that that uh, her name is maha and uh you know she was telling me about a show she was watching uh that tyra banks uh made up and you know she, she'd bring in like like non-conventional models to sort of strut what they're you know what what they're insecure about and, and make it a thing and it was called rock your ugly i'm like dude i'm totally stealing that name you know this is a great name uh so i did and then you know and it, it, it went on from there and um you know once once i had shot about like 50 55 people i was kind of healed myself yeah, you know like i like i'd gotten over yeah, I'd gotten over my grief because, you know, with these the 50 or 60 people that I that I'd interviewed and shot, uh, you know, I was like, yes, they were unloading their their grief on me, but I was also unloading my grief on them. Obviously, I didn't write that part. I wrote about them. I didn't write about myself. But that was the process. It was a very like therapeutic healing process. Uh, and once I was kind of done with that, I wasn't able to do more. I, you know, I wasn't able to give more of myself to anybody else who, who wanted to do this. So I kind of stopped it there. Um, you know, I felt like it was, it was closed yeah. and then come lockdown. 
you know, we had some time. And I'm like, hey, I've got all this content. Let's uh, let's put it into a book, and uh, you know, we put it into a book and uh, sent it to a bunch of publishers. Um, DreamWorks Collective responded, and uh, they became my publisher, and we we put this book out. What uh, I mean, you talk to people who, who self harm, um, people with like massive spinal pro- physical problems. Um, yeah. We. Did they come to you? Did you find them at first? How did you keep it together? Yeah, so at, at first it was like I'd reach out to sort of, you know, second or third degree, you know, people that I knew. I, knew. I didn't want to do anything. I don't want to interview people that I knew like closely that I see a lot in my circle because it's, it's a point, you know what I mean? It's, it's weird. Um, I, I didn't feel like doing that. So I, I reached out to like, you know, sort of second or third degree friends or acquaintances. And, and uh, you know, some of them were open, some of them weren't, and, you know, the ones that were open, some of them, even after, after we shot and, and did our interviews, they decided, okay, we don't want to do this anymore. So we, we kind of scrapped that. But once I, once I shot and, and put out about like five or six stories and images, Instagram just brought me so many people reaching out telling me about their stories and and i made it a point not to pick i i i didn't choose anybody right so whoever whoever wanted to be on this i was like yeah when are you available let's go i didn't look them up i didn't look at their photos i didn't ask what their story was nothing like so blank slate you know they they you know we, we 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 set up a time it's usually at their house um because of like you know it's a more intimate setting they're comfortable um and i'd I'd show up and it'd be the first time i know anything about them i don't know what they look like i just have a name and i have no idea what their story is and we sit down and just kind of like open up and let everything spill out i read one one girl that self-harms you said like show me the knife you used or show me what you used to cut yourself like what made you think to say that um because I, I, I also felt like I maybe have a bit of a response. I, I, I didn't want to put any bias, to be honest. I wanted these stories to be just as they are. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to because obviously, you know, my mindset was also like in a, in a really bad place. I wasn't in a place where where everything was rosy and like, I'm, you know, it, it, it was a place where everything just was. Yeah. There, there's no moving forward or backward. It just, it just is right now this is what it looks like let's just tell that story uh but with with anushka i just felt like i had a, a, a bit of responsibility to maybe not a responsibility a desire let's say a desire to to sort of help even though it's not not wasn't really my place at the time maybe but i just, I just had this desire to, to to help and i thought if i i show her what she looks like throwing the knife away maybe she would do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I, I asked her like, where's, where's your blade? And she was really, really shocked that I, that I asked that. And she showed it to me and, you know, it was like hidden somewhere. And, and uh, I'm like, where do you do it? Where do you, where, where do you usually sit and do, do this? She's like, in, in the bathroom, I'm like, show me. And, you know, she got into the bathroom and, and she got into the bathroom. I'm like, show me where. And that was like exactly where I'm like, I want you to, you know, in that place, the blade down into the into the basket into the waste bin and we did that that's 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 what she did and um at the time she uh she's like actually you know what this is this is it so she wrapped up the the plastic bag and went and threw it out 
into the shoot outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, later on, you know, she did tell me she bought another blade and she threw that away. And yeah. you know what I mean? So, so like it's, it's, it's always about, yeah. That's a yeah, whole it's back and forth. Yeah, That's like, I like yeah, that. Yeah. Cause that's like the tidy, yeah, like, it's like the talk show version, but yeah, yeah like it, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a process. Yeah. It's a process, but at least, at, you know, at least at that time, you know, I, I, maybe I created that desire to, to have that, you know, to have that process start, you know, when you've been that close to people who've had, you know, obviously there was a lot of trauma and childhood stuff with yeah. a lot of those people. Is there a commonality? Like what's cutting through? Oh man. Yes. Uh, that, that, that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked that. But the commonality is, is, is so, is like it, it, it's shouting at you. It's okay. so um, uh, clear, you know, the commonality is, is childhood, parents and society those those three kind of intertwined you know uh so you know that they you know, people go through stuff in their childhood and parents try to solve for how do we make this child fit in society rather than how do we how do we take care of the the, the physical and mental well-being of this child that's really that that, that combo you know um and uh it's, it, and it's not you know i started off um when i was when i was doing those stories and, and realizing this this uh this sort of commonality this phenomenon i i, I was really angry at parents in general like you know I was like parents that's what i was saying i was really angry at like all parents but then like later i'm like you know what man like i'm thinking about myself i'm not a parent myself but what if and when i am a parent I'm going through this, like a whole other bunch of things. I'm, I'm not like completely 100% focused on the kid. And that's just reality. You know, it's not, it's, it's not a fairy tale we're living in. Like it's a reality. Like you've got, you've got so much other stuff to, to think about and bills to pay. And, you know, your mother might be sick or, you know, you're going through like a rough time in your relationship or something, you know? So, so it's, it's not, it's not, it's not always the, like the parents aren't always, ideal they're never ideal so i started to kind of you know calm down a little bit on on my finger pointing at the parents but well, but that is the phenomenon i don't you blame know? you you're watching all these people in horrible pain and you're like this is because yeah. parents." <laughs> but i also yeah. i think fitting into society in a lot of parents minds is going to keep the child mentally and physically safe right like there's that link that's part of it yeah yeah that's 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 the i think that's the um uh that's the belief yeah. you know but like for example you know what one one sort of glaring example like where there was an actual physical uh uh illness or or condition um that that was underlying was for example uh, her name was uh, sara sara shebani she's a singer she's an artist and uh you know her her parents kept or her family kept saying hey you know stop eating this cake or you know eat less or you know why why are you putting on so much weight and then it reached a point where it's like hey what's wrong with the shape of your breasts like why are they like that you know yeah um so later on and you know instead of trying to you know fit into the dresses or diet or exercise or whatever uh later on they realized oh shit this is pcos like polycystic ovarian syndrome yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's an actual condition, you know? Right. Right. So, 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 you know, there was, there was a whole 
think about you know getting a, a, a um, you know a, a breast augmentation and you know is is that a surgery or plastic surgery is it vanity is it this so th there's that whole conversation as well so yes it's it's uh, it's all about you know yes yes fitting into society yes that's a thing but also the actual physical health of the person mm -hmm. is is also a thing yeah you know yeah and when it comes for example to like the mental well-being um another sara different sara where uh, uh she's a dj in, in, in dubai here and uh, she told me the story where um uh, her you know a close friend of the family took advantage of her at, at a party you know and he was sort of the protector and whatever and when she told her mom her mom was very much like blaming her um and uh you know they took it to see doctors make sure everything's all right and everything but nobody actually sat her down and said you know are you all right like, are you okay do you you know it was very much about like it's her fault it's this yeah. you know, when somebody takes advantage of you it's not really your fault man, you know yeah. but what happened what, what happened was when he put out the story uh she called me the next day she's like what do you, you'll never know what happened you never you never believe what happened my sister was at the same party right and somebody took advantage of her and she never told anybody because because she saw how my mom had treated me and she didn't want to be treated that way right you know wow. so so do you like do you see do you see how like that the parents i'm like God, that parents man <laughs> <laughs> but know? also how the openness creates yeah. Yeah. opportunities for other people to heal and how many people yeah you know i know that was the beginning yeah. of um yeah like for me that was the beginning of me noticing like danae mercer who the kind of work that she does where you know she yeah and and i started following her and and just that whole campaign like it's i ah like oh my gosh because i had all this shame about my body too so i was just so yeah. you never you never knew and i was watching and i was like yeah. it's amazing like yeah. so amazingly brave um, but did yeah. you see them change when they, when they exposed themselves in that way? Like, did you see? Uh, it was, it was more of like a relief, you know, it was like, it, you know, and, and it's sort of, it's, it, it's almost like behind them now, the story is behind them. Like they, they, it's no longer, you know, putting them down or whatever. Like, I think, I think maybe, you know, in the case of like, let's say Danae, Danae's been like this activist on social that, that's always talking about it. Right. And, and she's kind of continued and always always talking about it. But I think with everybody else, it was like, all right, it's out now. I'm done talking about it. We're, we're, it's, yeah. it's over. I'm, I, you know, let's let's move on. You yeah. Know? Like she, you literally yeah. shone a, you had a light, you shone a light on their dark, yeah. their dark part. And how about you and grief? What's your, what, you know, having been through that experience? What do you it was it was rough. It was the first time. It was the first time I. I mean, actually, no, it wasn't the first time. I. I think my my. When I was in university, my cousin was was murdered in in Canada. That was that was rough. Um, but uh, but this this was the closest person to me. Yeah. This was like my you know the, the closest person ever to me at the time, and that was that was really really difficult. I think uh, I think it, it took me maybe about two and a half years to kind of stop randomly crying just. Yeah. you know outbursts of just crying is what i'm driving or something yeah um but yeah i think i think we're you know we're in a good place now me and me and you know the group of my friends were we're in in a better place and uh you know we're still in touch with with his parents obviously their family um so yeah i, mean, I think we're, we're doing all right what do you think if you were if when someone loses someone 
what's your advice for them? Do you have any advice for them on how to, how to process? Um, not really. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a, not an expert on this. I have to want, I have to be one time. Right. I went through it. I, I, I have no yeah. advice. <laughs> like just, it'll, it'll, it'll happen to you, man. Yeah. It'll, it'll happen to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't claim to be an expert on grief, man. It happened to me. It was rough. And uh, yeah, like. I'm sorry to laugh. Man. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's so rare that you don't get someone who's like, well, I've been through this experience and this is how you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't be like an expert on everything. You know, I'm not an expert on grief. So, you know, get help, you know. That's the most refreshing thing someone said in months. <laughs> um, so what, what other, I mean, you do have commercial work, but what do you, what would you, I mean, you don't want to tell what you're going to do next, but what's a dream that you'd like to explore? Is there, is there something you can have, haven't done? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> you might laugh at me as well on this, but my, my dream is to not do anything. Oh. You know I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, be good and just not do much you know this right. this is sort of the, the you know the, the dream you know right. and I just kind of hang out and kind of do nothing you know and just do whatever comes to mind yeah at, at the time you know <laughs> so um but these days it's it's about you know planning and, and being successful and, and being right. financially secure and right. you and know we, just yeah. being real you know like yeah what you got to do next but i think you know uh i think i think i'm at a place where um you know, the last five or six years I've been planning to be in this place. And thankfully, we're at this place where, you know, there's a bit of financial security. Um, I don't have to work as 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 hard and as long as, as I used to. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit older now. You know, I used to, used to do a lot of nightlife and run around at like, you know, two in the morning and three in the morning, shooting clubs and stuff like that. It's, it's not like that anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, doing, you know, the last few years was like doing, you know, bigger budget campaigns, uh, and stuff like that and now it's more about uh, you know I, I, I'm able to say no to work I'm in a comfortable place where like you know if work comes around and, and I don't like this job I'll be like actually no thanks I'm, I'm okay with that one yeah. and then do more of like uh, you know the stuff I like to do like like you know mawjood and then shoot people and talk to people and you know stuff that doesn't bring in as much money but it's fulfilling um, and I'm, I'm sort of at a place where I'm able to do that and hopefully you know, in the next five or 10 years, I'll be in a place where I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Just kind of hang out and, and uh, whatever I want to do that day, I'll do, you know? We didn't talk about Moju. That's how I came to you. You were doing, yeah. you were just, yeah. just, how did that come about? It, what, it means I am that, that was, here, I exist. Is that what it means? Yeah, it means I'm here, I exist, but the, the, underlying, the underlying tone is hire me. Oh. You know, like I'm here, I exist, but like I, I, I need some work, hire me. You know, that's that's the the in, in in Arabic. You know, when you say that, it's like yeah, yeah, I'm here. Well, what do you need? Kind of thing. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it came about like during lockdown, where you know, at the time we were locked at home and, and we weren't allowed out, and um, you know, my my wife still had her day job, so she was working from home. She was she was busy, she was like me with the you know sort of freelancers, gig economy talk. Not, nothing we were doing nothing absolutely nothing and it was 
Yes, that was a dream, right? <laughs> that was a dream, but not, but not, but not now. Like, right. I'm not ready for that now, you know. Later. <laughs> yes, that was a dream, but uh, but yeah, it's, we were doing nothing, and I was, you know, I got into this cycle of just, you know, watching Netflix all night, um, sleep at like seven, eight in the morning, just so I can avoid the daylight hours of like, what, what am I gonna do? There's nothing, you know. So. Um, I, I try, I, you know, it, you can call this depression a little bit, right? Uh, so I try to break out of this, this cycle. I'm like, all right, you know what? Tomorrow morning, uh, I'm going to pick up my phone and, and go through my address book and, and call every single person on my, on my address book. Every single person, starting from A all the, all the way down. And I, I, I got to about like H or G or something. But uh, everybody I, I call, you know, say hi. I, I, I wanted to know like if I, if I was alone you know is it just me or are people everybody else doing something that i don't know about so uh yeah i i called a few people and and everybody was like yeah we're really doing nothing man just kind of trying to trying to keep it together uh, mentally and maybe do some push-ups at home and, and, and you know squat, you know watch tv and take care of kids and you know it's rough you know so it, that that kind of gave me a bit of um um I don't know what the word is, uh, peace that, that, I, that I wasn't, it wasn't just me, you know, I wasn't the only one doing nothing, you know, I, I'm not falling behind, you know what I mean? So, um, and then, uh, I just realized that whenever somebody would ask me, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Waleed? But like, Wallahi, mawjud, I'm here. I'm, I'm ah, just okay. existing. That, that was the word I was using, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm here. I, I'm just existing. And, you got work around i'll work you know you got something around i'll do it yeah okay. so uh so once i got to about like g or h i had an idea and i'm just like you know what when this when we're allowed out again uh, and it's going to be very um you know very sort of limited i'm gonna have people i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot some people and and try to you know try to showcase what these guys do and try to get them work because that's what I want. I want work, right? And I wa I wanted to, to to create something where it looks like a like th this person looks like a superhero, yeah. and uh, they look like they like, look really important, you know. And I realized that I had this other project called Magazine Cover, right? Mm -hmm. That I did uh, after Rocky Ugly, and it was it was very much like a sarcastic take on like society and everything. But the aesthetic was a magazine, an actual magazine cover, and I realized that. If you put out an image, just like a like a like a raw image, nothing around it, uh, it's not as important as if you put like branding around it, like and and like it looks like a real thing and like a tagline and all that stuff. So so I took that that learning and applied it to Mojude. I'm like, all right, and I put these guys on magazine covers, and people will think it's a real magazine, and they'll they'll be like, oh, why is this guy on this cover of this magazine? He must be important, or she must be important. Let's check this person out. So and I was struggling with the name. You know, so I, I did like a little mock-up. I'm like, all right, that's, you know, black and white. That's my thing. And put some like wrinkly stuff around because it makes it look real. And what's it going to be called? And then I remember my buddy called me. Um, you know, his name is Diyar. Diyar called me. And he's like, yeah, yo, man. And we used to just kind of call each other and just hang out on the phone and just do nothing. So what are you, what are you doing, man? I'm like, man, as usual, man, I'm here in Mojud, man. Uh, what are you, what, what are you up to? I'm like, and then he's like, I'm like, actually, Diyar, let me call you back. I just had an idea. Peace. Click. I'm like, oh, dude, 
that's <laughs> that's what the thing's called. So I, I quickly mocked up something on, on Photoshop. I you know logo whatever typed it out like this is it. This is this is the thing. So I took some old photos uh, that I shot of some other people, and then when 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 the sort of the lockdown was lifted a little bit, I started to talk to people. I'm like, hey, I'm working on this thing. It looks like this. It's called Mojud. We'll tell people your story and try to get you some work. You want to come? Pay what you feel. You know, and then I, I went on Instagram and I said, I, I think that that video really hit resonated with people because it was so sort of sincere. It was like it was like a cry for help. It's like, I'll help you if you help me. Uh, if you've got money, please help me. If you don't have money, let me help you. Yep. Let's just kind of help each other out. You know, and, and that 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 one video on Instagram just like resonated with so many people and just everybody started booking. I'm like, oh crap, I need like a better booking system. So I you know found on, found this online booking system. I'm like, oh crap counseling sometimes we got to pay some so just kind of built from there and you know some people paid some people didn't and some people got jobs and some people didn't and it was yeah. a sort of beautiful uh, experience you know yeah. now I, I still do it now i still do it now uh you know you can still book on uh it, it's just become a, a cool thing to do you know yeah you know for me i don't know that i was looking for a job i was looking to coalesce what i was going to do next that's what because you i said I think you said, what do you want, what do you want to say about Emory or something? And I said, what are we going to say about me? And then you made that like sort of the headline. And it was like, yeah. it, it's like it focused my thoughts on like what I was going to do. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but having that picture yeah. and then having that, it changed everything. I just became more, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was a neat. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean, because that, that, that's what happens with most people. They come in and they have no idea what they want to do. And it's usually, you know, for, uh, when, when it comes to sort of photography, usually the first image is the one. Okay. Like in general, like when, when, when I'm shooting, like the first time you click, that's the, that's the best one. And then everything else is kind of like you're kind of playing around and you always go back to the first one. And you're like, man, this is a good shot. So it's the same when, you, when, you, when, when somebody puts you on the spot and says, so what are we saying about you? Yeah. What do you want to say? Yeah. That first thing that comes out of your mouth is exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that's usually how I come up with the taglines. They're like, people ask me, like, how, you know, how, before they come to shoot, should I come up with a tagline? How are we going to come up with a tagline? I'm like, don't worry about it. it, it it'll, it'll just come. Don't, like, it'll come. Don't worry about it. So it always comes. Like, you know, once we're done with the shots, once I put it together, uh, you know, I've got my fingers on the keyboard. I'm like, so what are we saying about you? That, that first thing you say, whatever it is, goes in there amazing well listen thank yeah. you so much for talking to me keep taking your beautiful pictures and uh that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah thank you and thank you and please uh please do come and get some more headshots i'd oh, love yeah. to see you again yeah and uh, anyone yeah. else listening go get while well, yeah. leave you at ease and take beautiful pictures thank you That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.